Welcome to another episode of the Cat Breeding for Beginners podcast. I'm Pamela and I breed British Shorthairs in Perth, Western Australia. I have a real passion for cat breeding and exhibiting and I want to share my knowledge and experience with you. I'm on a mission to help new cat breeders go from feeling intimidated, confused and having trouble getting started to confidently breeding happy and healthy cats whilst enjoying this amazing hobby. Before we get started, make sure you visit my website and download your copy of my helpful guide, Advice to New Breeders, where experienced breeders share some great tips they wish someone told them when they started breeding. You can find the link on my homepage at www.catbreedingforbeginners.com. Just look for the picture of Angelica with her kittens. I am always talking about stud cats, but today I'm actually going to talk about our breeding girls. And, you know, I, I think that maybe the amount that I discuss stud cats makes you think that I just have like 17 boys and one breeding female. But no, I have, I definitely have more breeding females than I do have males. So I do have the balance right. Um, but one of the things that I do with my breeding females, and I thought I'd explain it to you today, it's a little bit tricky to explain, and I hope that I do explain it clearly, is that I actually like to do something that's that I think of as being grandma and granddaughter, and um, which you know, and missing out the mum, and that sounds really weird. And I'm going to try and hopefully explain it to you. Okay, what I do is if I have, um, and I often have something, a particular trait in um, a line of breeding cats that I'm trying to make sure I secure. And for me, it's always pretty much been the cinnamon gene because I, I started breeding cinnamon, um, I think a couple of years into breeding. And I was the first uh, breeder of cinnamon cats in Australia. I was the first person to bring cinnamon cats into Australia. And I've always actually been, I, I talk a lot about cinnamon, but I actually my passion is for fawn, which is the dilute version of cinnamon. But to get to what I want to get to, and there are still cats I want to breed that I've never managed to breed. Um, to get there, I need the cinnamon gene to come along for the ride. And so a lot of the time when I'm choosing kittens, and I've spoken about this before, is that I don't have a lot of choice because there's, there's traits that I want to have. I need to have a cat that carries cinnamon. I might be wanting to have a female. I might be wanting to have a female that is AB blood, that's AA blood type or BB blood type. So once you start having these uh, more and more things that you need to have in a particular kitten, and I always do my litters with purpose so that I potentially can get the thing that I want to get. So I always make sure I'm clear about my litters and what I'm, what I'm working for. And if I get the thing that I want to get, a lot of the time there's only one and I don't have a lot of options in terms of um, of what to do going forward. It's not like I can keep three sisters that have all of the same thing because only one of them has those things. So sometimes things get a little bit precarious. And in order to make sure that I don't lose the things that I'm trying to take along for the ride, I need to make sure I sort of secure um, that line. And what I often do is I will have um, a cat and she will have a kitten and then the kitten will have a kitten. And so you've got three generations there. And I don't want to have the whole three cats, but I don't want to desex the kitten, the last kitten, until I'm sure... I don't want to desex the grandma, sorry. I don't want to desex grandma until I'm sure that um, everything's been passed along and that everybody can, you know, breed okay. So what I might do in this situation is I'll often have grandma because grandma would have maybe had two seasons with me 
And then you have mum and mum's proven that she can give birth and that's all good and she's given me a kitten. But I don't really, once I've got the kitten, I don't really need the mum. Now, the kitten is the unknown factor. We want to make sure that that kitten can breed forward. But rather than keeping mum until that kitten can produce, I'll often keep grandma. So I'll keep grandma and then I'll keep the kitten and mum will get desexed. And the trait will be locked away in grandma and locked away in the kitten. Grandma can reproduce. We know grandma's good. She's had a litter. She's probably already had a second litter by this stage. So we know grandma's good if we need to go back to grandma. And then we wait and see what the kitten does. And then if the kitten's okay, then we start the process again. So if the kitten gives birth to kittens and I get the thing that I want then I can, you know, start again. But then I'll desex grandma and keep the mum and then we, we do it that way. So it's kind of like, you know, every couple of generations you might do this. And um, I've done it with boys as well, granddad and grandson, but I do it more with girls. So grandma um, and granddaughter and desex mum in the middle. And this is just a way of securing the thing that I need. Now, if you are breeding in a much more simple situation, and I always, when I think of simple breeding, I always think of my friends that breed Russians, especially because my friends that breed Russians only breed them in blue and blue and blue, and that's all they have, just blue. So when they have a litter, they just have boy or girl. They don't carry anything. Um, um, you know, I mean, the ones, the breeders that breed black and the breeders that breed um, white have some different scenarios there. But the breeders that just breed blue, they carry nothing. They don't carry chocolate. They don't carry color point. They carry nothing. They just have blue. So for them, they can just go on type, 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 type. All of their choices are based on type. And it's funny because when I... <laughs> When I, I have um, friends that breed them here in Perth and when I'm judging and they'll put in like three of them from the same litter or four of them from the same litter, you're like, what What are you doing? And it's because they want to have them judged so that they can get a better idea of which ones are the ones to keep because they don't have any other choices. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking that seems crazy to me. But then I thought if I was just breeding blue British shorthairs, how would I know which one to keep? Because now what I choose is based on traits. I choose based on, I've spent my whole breeding um, hobby career has been based on choosing on traits. Is this cat a carrier of this? Is this this blood type? Um, very rarely have I had to choose on type. And when I have chosen on type, it's because it's been easy because there's a lot of variation in my cats because of all of the color mixing in and all of the, the differences and cats coming in from different places. But for the Russian breeders, their cats are all the same and have been all the same for a very, very long time. So they've not had all of that variation coming in um, from, from when they've bought in new things. So for them, it is quite hard to choose on type. And the difference between the kittens are born and they, they just, a whole litter looks the same, very homogenous. So for them, they might never need to do something like this because, you know, you keep the kitten, the kitten is, is the upgrade from the mum and you move forward. You don't have to lock anything away by keeping grandma. But when you are breeding lots of different traits and you've got a particular trait you don't want to lose, then keeping grandma might be a good option for you. And I've even kept a great grandma if I think about it. Um, I don't, uh, my girls will tend to breed for a few years and then they get retired. But, you know, I've said 
quite openly before, I've had a girl that bred to nine years old and had her last letter at 10. So in that situation, I must have kept a great-great-grandma because she, her kittens went forward and I bred from them. So that must have been the situation. And um, yeah, so I locked away some DNA there, didn't I? Um, and that's just a, a, a way to, to manage the numbers of cats that you have um, without losing the thing that you don't want to lose. Because if something happens to the kitten, and I have had that, I've had, um, I had a really uh, lovely tortie kitten. I, had, I, had a, I have a tortie girl and the tortie girl gave me another tortie girl. And then that tortie girl gave me another tortie girl. And um, I had de-sexed the mum in the middle, um, I de-sexed her very early on because she was really, really not cut out to be a mum. I've never seen a cat so skinny from such a small litter, my goodness. So she was de-sexed and I was very happy about that and she got a fabulous pet home. But her daughter, the kitten, when she was about um, maybe seven months old, she actually had a tragic accident. She, um, she got stuck on something and she did actually suffocate which was horrendous and I haven't really spoken about much and speaking about it now is quite upsetting. But the thing about it was that I still had grandma. So I was able to, I hadn't lost and grandma was imported. So you can imagine the expense that grandma cost me. So I had the security of having her still there and being able to still breed from her when I lost her granddaughter. So in that situation, it really did save me from losing out on all of that DNA investment that I'd made because when you bring cats in from overseas or you, or you buy an expensive breeding cat, you're making an investment in its DNA. Um, and so that was all still captured because I still had, um, I still had grandma. I actually had other granddaughters. Uh, not other granddaughters. I had her. She'd had another letter and I had daughters from her in that letter too. But it, it was definitely the case of um, thank goodness because, you know, I didn't lose what I'd spent a lot of money on. And that was because I'd kept grandma and I de-sexed mum, and I kept the granddaughter, but then I lost the granddaughter. So it was a situation, that's the situation that you're trying to avoid. So it's just a breeding model that I've used and I thought might be helpful to you. Um, as new breeders, you can tend to just um, get get sort of, you think that it's like, well, you just go one one generation to one generation to one generation. No, you can keep multiple generations and it's often a good way to... Um, you know, capture DNA, basically. Capture DNA and secure some of the genes that you might be working on so that you don't lose stuff. Um, yeah, so I hope that was a bit of a helpful discussion for you. I'm normally talking about boys, but today I was talking about girls and um, I hope you found it helpful. If you have any questions or comments, just let me know um, and I'd be happy to, if maybe you've got a topic for another podcast you'd like me to do, um, absolutely just post that on my socials. Um, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram under Cat Breeding for Beginners um, or comment wherever you're listening to this. Okay, guys, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Make sure you visit www.catbreedingforbeginners.com where you can find articles, guides, courses and more. Plus, make sure you check out my amazing New Cat Breeders Club. It's a supportive space where new cat breeders can learn, share and help each other. I only take new members a few times a year, so sign up to make sure you don't miss out.